This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. My goodness, frustration, oh, disappointment, dejection, whatever adjectives you want to use to describe what happened on Sunday afternoon. So much went right. The Buccaneers were on the verge multiple times of getting a second straight win only to have the New York Giants snatch it away behind a rookie quarterback. Welcome in. It is the latest edition of Nothing But Bucks. And I know that Buccaneer fans are frustrated. We've been here before. We've been here, frankly, too many times uh, recently, especially with missed kicks. I I have to be honest with you. I've had numerous people say to me over the last 12 to 24 hours, uh, whatever time you're hearing this podcast, what is it with not being able to have a kicker make kicks? I don't have the answer. And obviously, Jason Light has tried with different kickers bringing them in. Different coaching staffs, plural, have tried. Uh, Now, uh, with this, the bottom line reality is you bring a guy in and he is supposed to make a game-winning 34-yard field goal from the middle of the field. Period. He is supposed to make that kick 100 times out of 100. There, There may be an occasion where an opponent blocks the kick or tips the kick. But in terms of you get the kick away, that should be beyond automatic. That should be no second thought in the middle of the field, yet it didn't happen. Again, I wish I had an answer. Nobody has the answer. Certainly Matt Gay, the rookie out of Utah, didn't have an answer last night after the game. We're going to get to that. Uh, It was a wild Sunday, to say the least, at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, with the Buccaneers doing a lot right on offense, especially in the first half. Mike Evans, a humongous game, a monster game, uh, but it's all for naught in the end as you don't win. You lose 32-31. to 31. The, the Buccaneer defense uh, did some things well, but then gave up big plays, gave up touchdowns, only to rally, only to buckle down, and then have one final drive from the Giants where the rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, is able to score. So, again, let me take you through what we're about to do here on Nothing But Bucks. We're going to go over the highlights of this game, of which there are many uh, if you're the Bucks, there's, there's some things that you can definitely build on that we saw in this game. Not just Mike Evans. My Lord. How about Shaq Barrett? Uh, acquired this team uh, by this team as a free agent, pass rusher from the Denver Broncos, who uh, has right now the best three-game stretch to begin any Buccaneers season ever rushing the quarterback. And I know we honored Rondé Barber, put him in the ring of honor yesterday. It was great to see Rondé, his brother Tiki. Uh, Rondé going up in the ring of honor as the 13th different member of the Buccaneers and so many of the, uh, of the alumni of those teams in the late 90s and the early 2000s are now up on that ring of honor with him. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, the Hall of Famers, John Lynch, Mike Allstott, all teammates of his. Paul Gruber, who was there yesterday, the great left tackle, was briefly a teammate uh, with Rondé. On and on down the list. His coaches, Tony Dungy, John Gruden. So it's great to see Rondé yesterday. You just you would have hoped that you're able to pull out the victory. You could not. But still, uh, there's a lot to point to. But Shaq Barrett, anyway, my point was, Warren Sapp's in the house yesterday. Warren Sapp never had eight sacks in the first three games of a season. Simeon Rice, tremendous pass rusher. I didn't see Planet Simeon uh, there yesterday. He has been at a lot of these different reunion ones, but he was not there yesterday. As great as Simeon Rice was, he didn't have eight sacks in three games. 
Uh, Leroy Selman, the late great legend, the first ever member of the Ring of Honor, the original Buccaneer, the first ever draft pick, the number one overall pick, iconic member of the Tampa Bay community. He never had eight sacks in three games to start a season, so it tells you what Shaq Barrett is doing. So uh, anyway, uh, some superlatives coming out of the game, unfortunately, disappointment. We also are going to have interviews in a little bit. You'll hear from Matt Gay, the kicker on our Hooters postgame show, not able to make that crucial field goal. And look, the kid's going to have to be mentally tough starting right now. He is fighting for his NFL survival with this football team. That, that is not an overstatement. Uh, we have been right here before with several other kickers that weren't mentally tough and could not make the kicks in the subsequent games. And there's it's that Jerry Glanville line from uh, NFL Films talking to one of the referees. You know what NFL stands for? Not for long if you keep making them calls. If you keep missing kicks as a kicker, it is not for long no matter who you are, no matter where you are anymore. So you'll hear from Matt Gay. You'll hear from Mike Evans a little bit later on. His 190-yard receiving day. Shaq Barrett as well off of four more sacks, two more forced fumbles. Uh, he has been amazing for the first three games in Todd Bowles' defense, the revamped defense. And you'll also hear from head coach Bruce Arians as well. There was some strategy at the end of this game that is being scrutinized, and rightfully so. Look, I mean, it's part of the fun of sports is the debate, the debate on the airwaves, the debate on the Internet and social media about what should a coach do, armchair quarterbacking. You'll hear from the coach himself about why they chose what to do tactically with a timeout left, with 12 seconds left, with trying to move the ball to the middle of the field. You'll hear Bruce Arians in a little bit here on Nothing But Bucks. First, let's get to the highlights. Let's get to the good. And there was a lot of good in this football game, including the Bucks getting the ball and right off the bat marching right down the field with the opening drive. And a 10-play, 75-yard drive culminates right here. Need to reach the 15. Blitz threatened by the safety. Here they come. Picked up a fade route toward the end zone. Toward Evans. He will make the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Great grab, number 13. Fire the cannons. How good has Mike Evans been throughout his Buccaneer career? Another monstrous day yesterday. A Mike Evans already uh, with all those 100-yard receiving games now has become uh, a top five in all-time pass-catching touchdowns uh, as well. Uh, the Winston-Evans connection, we would see it over and over again on Sunday afternoon. So a 7, or actually a 6 nothing buck lead as the extra point was missed by Matt Gay. That would be a factor as the game would go on. Not as big a factor as a lot of people want to make out, and I'll explain that a little bit later on the podcast. So yes, he missed an extra point there. It's only 6 nothing. So then the Giants come down. They get a field goal. They march and score. And now the game is 6-3. And, and this game had no punts for a while because the Bucks got it back. And, and then once again went marching, nine plays, 75 yards, and again Evans uh, open and Jameis Winston finding him. Here's a pass to Evans on the left side, dives to the end zone. That's a nice play. Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich draw up a play. It's a screen for Evans. Fire the cannons. The Bucks have scored two touchdowns on two possessions. Just a little wide receiver screen to Mike Evans, a three-yard touchdown. And now the extra point is blocked in this instance. You were going for the extra point again for a 13-3 lead. It's blocked up the middle there by the Giants. They had a guy coming off the wing that might have gotten a fingertip on it. Also a, a guy up the middle that got a hand on it. So now the game is 12-3 instead of 13-3 or 14-3. Again, those points uh, would be factors later on. 
but it's not, I'm going to say it again, it's not as big a deal on the math, and I'll explain why in a little bit. We're progressing through the highlights. You're hearing Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, on the highlight calls. Uh, all right, so the rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, later on in the first half of this game, would scramble off the read option for one of his two rushing touchdowns on the day. New York is right back. Uh, in the game at 12 to 10 at this point still no one has punted as we bleed into the second quarter the bucks go on a drive themselves five plays 46 yards and matt gay lines up a 47 yard field goal that he bangs through so the game is now 15 to 10 gay would later get another field goal uh later on in the first half on another drive as the bucks score uh end up scoring five straight times the first five times that they had the ball on Sunday. So Gay's second field goal from 27 yards out makes the game 18-10 to 10 in the second quarter. And then the Bucks get the ball again and then in the two-minute drill in the hurry up uh, able to move quickly once more. Jameis Winston again surgical in the first half of this game and again looking for his favorite target on Sunday, number 13. The snap play action fake Winston throws a post route caught ball Evans touchdown Tampa Bay Mike Evans has three today fire the cannons that's a 20 yard touchdown catch for Evans as he becomes the first Buccaneer uh, ever to have three touchdowns in an opening half first Buccaneer receiver to ever have done that um and, and you can't say enough uh, five possessions three touchdowns two field goals and now you're in command uh, at this point at 25 to 10. And uh, and then for good measure, you get the ball back one more time at the end of the first half, drive into scoring range, and Matt Gay bangs home a 52-yard field goal into that north end zone for a 28 to 10 lead. And you're feeling very good if you're a Buccaneer fan against a rookie quarterback going into the locker room. We talked to Bruce Arians going into the locker room, and I said, what does the defense have to continue to do? He said, just keep the pressure up here on them. They don't have Saquon Barkley, who had gone out with the ankle injury in the second quarter. Keep the pressure up. Unfortunately, that was easier said than done as we continue along with the highlights here off this Giants game. The first play of the second half brought New York to life. Daniel Jones at quarterback takes the snap, looks to his left, passes the ball to the left side, caught by Ingram. He makes a guy miss to the 50. Ingram down the side, let outside the numbers, got speed. He may go all the way. He's to the 10, 5, 3, 2, 1. Ingram has a 75-yard touchdown of the first play of the second half. Again, it was a stunning situation. A lot of the fans were not even back in their seats from going to get some, some uh, water, adult beverage, whatever, cool off for a few minutes before Evan Ingram took that pass over the middle and race down the far sideline after the missed tackle by safety Mike Edwards. My goodness. So New York took only one play to get back within 10 points. And then this hurt more where the Giants forced the Buccaneers to punt, and they had momentum right back. Another long pass from Jones uh, got them down inside the uh, the 10-yard line, and eventually here, uh, Sterling Shepard cuts into the lead even more. Three receivers to the right, dropping Jones. Jones goes toward the end zone, flag thrown, caught ball in the end zone. It's a touchdown. Sterling Shepard makes a diving catch. A flag was thrown. If it's on the defense, that touchdown will narrow the gap to 28-24. Flag was on the Buccaneers, as, uh, as Gene and Dave are calling it on Buccaneers Radio. Shepard's touchdown and the extra point good. And now the game is just 28-25 with plenty of time still to go. And the Bucs, unfortunately, could not take advantage of multiple opportunities 
to widen the lead back out. At that point, it's 28-25, but you had two or three chances to put at least another touchdown on the board and put all the pressure back on Jones and pin your ears back on defense. Speaking of pinning the ears back on defense, how about number 58 in pewter and red, Shaq Barrett? Daniel Jones takes the snap, looks upfield, looks upfield. Oh, the ball is deflected. Is it on the deck? It's diving. The Bucs have the ball, we believe. It's a live ball, we think, a fumble. And Barrett knocks the ball away. It belongs to the box if it stands. How about that? That'll be a sack for Shaq, his fourth of the game. Or could it have been And Raheem Nunez Roaches recovers the fumble. Again, not one, not two, not three, but four. A record four quarterback sacks in the same game for Barrett, the free agent acquisition from the Broncos. This is a guy that was undrafted uh, back six years ago. The Denver Broncos got him undrafted, uh, had some success in Denver, comes over as a free agent, kind of nondescript, and what a start he has had to this season. He had two strip sacks in the second half of Daniel Jones, and again, the Bucks hanging right in. Uh, getting the job done right now, uh, at least defensively, getting stops. Uh, but you know, the Buccaneers ran the ball well with Ronald Jones during a segment there of the of the fourth quarter. Powered the ball inside the 20, down inside the 15. Didn't elect to throw. Didn't attempt to throw. Elected to try on second and short and third and short to get the first down. Could not do so with Ronald Jones. So you settle for another Matt Gay field goal. His fourth one of the day from 23 yards out. 31-25 is the advantage. Now, again, here we go back to the whole thing about the points. I've been talking about this earlier uh, in the podcast. So you're only up by six, and a lot of people are pointing to, well, you had the two missed extra points in the first half. I get it. I understand that. But that's all the way back in the first half of the game. What you, what you further understand and realize is that later on in the game, the New York Giants would have changed their mentality had they been down by more points if the Bucs had made those extra points. Example, when the Sterling Shepard touchdown happened, the game is 28-24 at that moment with eight minutes to go in the game. So if Gay had made those two extra points at, um, at 30-24, then more than likely... Uh, Pat Shermer's going to go ahead and say, look, we need points here. We're going to go for two. And maybe they get the two to make the game 30-26, to or maybe they miss the two and keep it at 30-24, but they're more than likely not kicking an extra point in that instance. All right, play the game ahead like what we're talking about right now. Stay with me on this. If Matt Gay's field goal is good at that point, let's say the Giants got their two-point conversion in the game is 30-26 to under our new hypothetical score where Gay made the extra points back in the first half of the game. So the game is now 30-26. to The Giants got their two-point conversion. When Gay kicks his latest field goal, the game is 33-26 to at that point. So that means even when Daniel Jones scores the touchdown uh, there, the Giants still have an opportunity to kick the extra point or maybe Pat Shermer would have gone for two and gone for the lead. I doubt it. There's two minutes still left in the game. Or actually, 116 left in the game. I doubt he goes for two in that instance. He would have probably tied the game up. You still would have needed, under this hypothetical, a field goal to win the game. A field goal that you didn't make there at the end. There's still, my point is, if they had gone for two and made it at 30-26 to 26 on the Shepard touchdown, 
when they got their latest touchdown, if all things are equal, their extra point is still going to tie the game. They would have played differently in the fourth quarter of the game, the Giants, and maybe have taken a different risk with a two-point conversion or not. So, again, there was a ton of time left, and the bottom line, Buccaneer fans, you got back into scoring range. So as we continue on the highlights, here you go with uh, Jameis Winston completing one over the middle to uh, Chris Godwin of 22 yards in the final minute. You're down by one, and then he completes the long one uh, to Mike Evans after that. Uh, a great throw and catch moment where Evans had, had broken behind Janoris Jenkins and looked like for a moment that he might have a chance to maybe even score on that play. The official yardage on the reception is 44 yards on that catch, putting it Mike's total at 190 for the game. Uh, Jameis Winston then runs up. They get everybody set. They spike the ball. And then there's a lot of topic of conversation. You're going to hear Bruce Arians explain this, uh, as he did on our Hooters postgame show, about the delay of game penalty. So I think, I, I know this, they were contemplating what do we do here? Where do we want the ball in the middle of the field? Do we want to run a play? And the one thing they did not want to do is use their timeout in that instance. Save the timeout. So the end result is you take the delay of game. I know you back up five yards. And I know there's been a big topic on the radio and on the internet about backing up the five yards. Would the field goal have been good from five yards closer? It probably would have been good. It would have been close to getting inside the right upright and not hitting the right upright. I don't know for sure. I do know this. They moved the ball to the middle of the field for the rookie kicker on purpose and took the timeout. From the 24, a 34-yard field goal. The spot down, kick is airborne. It's long enough, long enough. It is, it is no good. And the Giants win by one, 32-31. Regardless of backing it up five yards, whether that kick is 27 yards, 29 yards, 36 yards, 34 yards that it was, or 32 yards, it's in the middle of the field. You've got to make that kick. And you're going to hear from Matt Gay in a second about that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it being closer or point blank. I mean, I understand if, if the kick is 19 yards and you suddenly took a holding penalty for 10 yards back, all right, that's a little different if you're kicking from the 29-yard line. You're, you're kicking, uh, in this instance, from the 17-yard line. Um, it's a 34-yard it's a kick in the middle of the field. He's got to make that. If it was a 36-yard kick from the middle of the field, no wind, no bad conditions, no slippery field, you got to make that kick. 25 yards, 30 yards, 35, it's all the same thing. It's in the middle of the field. And the end result is the kick is no good. You know that by now if you're a Buccaneer fan. And you shake your head. A deflating loss. The Giants erupted on the sidelines. Daniel Jones, obviously, uh, wins his first start for the Giants after controversially uh, being drafted as number six overall and replacing Eli Manning, the Hall of Fame caliber veteran at 38, stood there, smiled, gave Jones a high five. What a performance from him. Daniel Jones became the first quarterback in NFL uh, modern history since the merger in 1970 to throw for 300 yards, to throw at least two touchdowns, and run for two touchdowns in his first game of his career. That tells you how good he was on Sunday. The Bucs needed one more play on defense and couldn't make it because Daniel Jones was ready with his wheels on an improv. I don't think that was a design quarterback draw. I think he dropped back. I think he saw no one was open, and he saw the middle of the field, and he instinctively took off and ran it in. Uh, again, give him credit, and we'll go over some Bucks superlatives here in a few moments. Now let's get to the postgame conversation. I've been teasing this. Here was Matt Gay, the rookie kicker, 
uh, in the aftermath of this one, trying to explain on missing after making several after missing the game-winning kick. Went out there, still felt really good, and uh, took my steps. Was took went through my whole process. Got back there, had my line, and uh, just didn't hit clean. So uh, I got to make that every single time. Again, I got to make my extra points as well. We're not in that situation if I put those first two through. Um, so yeah, this loss is 100% on me. Uh, I got to be a lot better than I was tonight. So, Matt, are you the kind of guy that look at your kicks technically? Do you know what went wrong in the kicks, or is this something you have to go back and review? I'm gonna definitely go back and, and look at the kick and see what went wrong on that. Um, I know I didn't hit the ball clean. Uh, I felt like I got a little ground um, before I took the ball. Um, didn't allow my my leg swing to come through. Uh, but again, in those moments, it's no excuses. You got to put it through. So. Um, that's just 100% on me. Got to make it. Matt, did you tell yourself anything any different on the last kick, having missed a couple at that end? Uh, no. I bounced back. And I felt really good. I made, made my field goals. I uh, made my extra points through the rest of the game and uh, was really confident going to that kick, like I said. Confident kicking on the sideline, con confident when I walked on the field uh, all the way through until I actually made contact with the ball. So nothing different on that, same, on that kick. Um, just didn't hit it clean, and didn't go in. So, Again, say whatever you want about delay of game and moving. I mean, they moved the ball to the middle of the field for the guy from 34 yards out. It's not on the right hash where he's had problems before, where he had missed in Carolina in the second half of the game from the right hash, missed earlier in the preseason from the right hash. Bruce Arians has been talking about this. It's been a bugaboo between about 30 and 45 yards for him on the right hash. This ball's in the middle of the field, and he missed. And, and now you got to see how mentally tough Matt Gay's going to be in the next kicks at the Coliseum in L.A. And hopefully subsequently at the Superdome in New Orleans, you got to be lights out. you got to go make those. Uh, and I think everybody understands that, and he understands that. All right, let's brighten it up. Mike Evans, huge game, 190 yards receiving. We stuck a microphone in during the interview process, a lot of the media around him, and asked a couple of questions as well on the Hooters postgame show of Mike Evans and the job that he did on Sunday really strong leg. I mean, it's, it's football. Those things happen. It's happened to every kicker in their, their career at least once. So, you know, we're, we're not upset with them by any means. You know, the offense has to do more to, you know, we had 18-point lead. Like, we got to score more. Like, we had our way in the first half, but you got to play the second half. Mike, is it difficult to separate the, the satisfaction of, of a personal performance like you had today with, with the team effort ending, you know, not the way you wanted it to? Yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know, I, I've been covering me for a while. I don't really care about stats. You know, I feel probably I feel just as bad as Matt right now. I wanted to win bad. I had my sights set on you know going to LA two and one, um, just like we all did. Um, that's why you don't think too far ahead. Obviously, um, they they fought to the end, man. Their defense had a really high motor in that second half, and uh, we just didn't match it. Mike, we're just joining us here on Buccaneers Radio. Can you uh, just elaborate what you probably already said about why you had the success you did in the first half? Well, we were just executing on all cylinders. Um, we had a great week of preparation. Um, when we came, I think we came out a little lackadaisical in the second half. Uh, B.A. told us at halftime, he said, we, we played a great 30 minutes. Now we got to play another great 30 minutes. And we didn't do that. On the last one, the long one that you caught, was there a half second where you thought you might have been able to score on that, trying to come down with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to run under it and uh, try to run into the end zone, but I just wanted to security catch and uh, you know, get down there. I didn't know how much time was left, but I knew we had a decent amount of time. 
I should have probably ran under it and just ran it in. That would have been great, but uh, you know, it didn't happen. Again, Evans with 146 yards in the first half alone. That's the third most in team history. 190-yard game is the fifth most in team history. 216 for Vincent Jackson, by the way, a few years ago against the Saints is the most in team history. The Evans to uh, the Winston to Evans touchdown combination, the most prolific now in team history. That's 26 touchdowns between the two of them uh, in this game. So uh, you can't say enough about Mike Evans and the job uh, that he did in uh, in getting open, especially in the clutch. He burned Janoris Jenkins very possibly, as I was asking there, would have had a chance to make a touchdown play. Could not. They got down. They they were able to stop the clock. Kudos to the Bucks on the hurry up. Got the ball in the middle of the field. Again, just didn't make the kick. All right, so we continued on the Hooters postgame show and Shaq Barrett, uh, who has been a pass-rushing fiend for this football team. What a find. What a pass-rushing fiend. Here was Shaq Barrett after it was over. What a battle in this football game. Um, they obviously made a couple of plays to get a couple of touchdowns and get back in the game. The defense then tightened up. How and why did the defense play so much better as the game wore on? Man, it was just, we played, we ain't played good enough. We didn't play better. We didn't do what we had to do to get the win. And you could see it from the results of the scoreboard. You were able uh, to get a lot of pressure once again in this game. Why are you having so much success three games in? This is everything just working up, working perfectly. This play calls, like I said before last week, guys uh, in the back end making them hold on to the ball. And then we got the, uh, Vita, Sue in the middle, Carl on the other side helping out. Will, everybody's just helping out with inside push, outside edge push, and just uh, taking advantage of my one on ones and beating my one on ones. You have not had the chance to see game film. On the fourth down play with Daniel Jones, do you just have to credit him on making an individual play on a broken play? Uh, the last play? On the touchdown, yes. I don't know what happened. I can't. I mean, he did make a play, but I'm pretty sure it's something we did. It wasn't nothing that they did. Shaq, you're a veteran. How does this team respond uh, after something like this? That's something for later in the week, but what do you have to do to get back at it? We just got to come back to work. We ain't got no choice. I mean, this is our jobs. We get paid to do this, and we want to have fun while we're here getting paid. So we got to come back to work, ready to work, and uh, so we can get back on the winning side because losing is not fun for nobody, no matter who you are. Like the Browns, they was over 16. They got used to losing. It still wasn't fun. So we got to uh, just do whatever we got to do to turn it around, and we're going to do it. Shaq, thank you for stopping for me. Again, you need those to come in a win. He's a veteran player. He knows his team's got to recover eight sacks in the first three games. Shaq was the defensive player of the week in the NFC last week. He might be the defensive player of the week two weeks in a row with four more sacks and two more forced fumbles. We'll have to take a look at what everybody else did in the NFC for week number uh, four of the season or week number three of the season in the uh, in the award. But uh, Barrett has been a tremendous pass rusher so far for this team. Let's hope that he stays healthy and it keeps up with the job that he's been able to do. And then head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, I got the opportunity to talk with him in our post-game coverage here on Buccaneers Radio uh, about the frantic finish, the missed kick, the strategy at the end, the play of his team. Here you go. All right, let's begin with the Giants getting back in the game as they were able to do. They were able to make a big play early. They had another touchdown drive. You then settled down defensively. What adjustments were you making? How did you keep yourself in the lead after they had the good start to start the second half, Coach? Yeah, we just played better technique. You know, we, we give give up a play, don't make a tackle, and, uh, and and give up a long play to start the half. But then we regrouped. I thought. Gave ourselves plenty of chances to win the game offensively, came back. 
uh, after, and answered, and uh, and Matt just missed a kick. But uh, you know, we won a very close one last week. We lost a very close one this week, and uh, we're hopefully learning from them. You look at these games, and you can go back to play after play after play, and there seemed to be seven or eight of them uh, as the game uh, wore on. Uh, one of them is you're up by three, you're in the inside the red zone, inside the 15, you're not able to get the first down, and you settle for the field goal there. That one's significant later because you're not up by more than a touchdown, obviously, right? Yeah, red zone offense, we were one for five, and that, that was pitiful because uh, we tried to run the football down there, and we had been successful. Uh, Giants stopped it. Uh, I actually called the second one myself and probably should have stayed out of it. But, uh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't do a job on third and two of running the ball for a first down. And then for the Giants, I know you've not seen the coaches tape. You give Jones credit to get in scoring position, but you held them down to fourth down. It's a fourth down play where Jones, it seemed to us, made a broken play, just making a play with his wheels. What, From your vantage point, what happened on that play on the fourth down touchdown? Yeah, we doubled his two favorite targets, and he uh, should have had a twist inside to stop the quarterback draw and uh, ended up getting out of our gap. And uh, with his speed, he just there was nobody there. He just ran up the middle. All right, so we go to the final drive. You're able to get the big play to Mike Evans down the field and get inside the 10-yard line, and then you're trying to get lined up. You have a timeout left. Take us through your strategy and your thought processes, all of that was going on, if you would. Yeah, the biggest thing was don't panic. We're, we're there. There was a lot of substitution difference, so take the penalty. We're not burning the timeout right there. Take the penalty, move the ball over, put it right in the middle, and, uh, and give him a chip-shot field goal, and we missed it. Did you have any thought about throw one to the end zone there, low-risk pass maybe to the back of the end zone for one shot at it? No, not at all. All right, for this team, Mike Evans, uh, again, 190 yards today, three touchdowns in the first half of the game. Say something about how he played. Well, yeah, he had a great matchup. You know, he, they, they were playing Janoris Jenkins on him one-on-one, -on -one and he was and Tremus was finding him, you know, and uh, I think the biggest play of the game was the last one. Another guy that stood out on defense again is Shaq Barrett. Can you say enough about four more sacks today? He becomes the first Buccaneer with eight sacks in the first three games in franchise history. I know, again, you've not seen the tape, but four sacks speaks for itself, obviously. Yeah, that, that says all says it all needs to be said. So, yeah, he kind of took the game back over for us defensively uh, after we had the two bad drives and uh, and gave us a chance to win it. And again, for this team, I mean, you're now going to go on the road and play away from Raymond James Stadium a bunch. How do you regroup? What do you go about doing to regroup starting now? We don't change anything. You know, we won a very close game last week, and, uh, and we came to work. And uh, this one's over. We'll come to work and, and erase it, learn from it. And, uh, you know, we had a good lead. We learned how to play with the lead maybe a little bit better coming out of halftime and, uh, and regroup, get ready for the Rams. Coach, thank you. Thank you. Yes, it is a tough loss. Uh, for the Bucs, just like the hard-fought win at Carolina came down to the final minute. This one comes down to the final minute. The Giants make the play with Daniel Jones on the first down or on the fourth down. Else there never is a final drive needed. You're going to run the clock out if you're able to stop the Giants on that fourth down play. Then you get in scoring position and can't make the kick. It is disappointing, heartbreaking for the rookie Matt Gay. Um, and, and then you're left to try to explain it after it's over. And, and again, give him credit for answering the questions. The head coach has been here before. You're one and two, and now you have to regroup and get ready to go try to play those Rams who were a winner Sunday night over the Cleveland Browns uh, coming up in Los Angeles this week. All right, so there you go. Buccaneers will be traveling out to Hollywood. First time they'll be at the L.A. Coliseum since an early 1990s game with the then Los Angeles Raiders. Uh, of course, the Bucks have some history having played the Rams uh, at the Coliseum back in the late 70s and the early uh, 80s before the Rams moved out to Anaheim, uh, where they played for a while. And then 
uh, moved from Anaheim, obviously, to St. Louis for 20-plus years. We played one of the last games. Actually, we did play the last game in St. Louis for the St. Louis Rams on a Thursday night before they moved back to Los Angeles. So now this game out at the L.A. Coliseum coming on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll be on the air on Buccaneers Radio just after 3 Eastern time with kick just after 4 Eastern time with the coverage with Gene and Dave and me. My thanks to Steve Carney again, helping me with highlights and interviews. Jeff Ryan, our director of broadcasting for Buccaneers Radio. We thank you for listening. Reminder to subscribe to this podcast. It comes automatically to you if you subscribe via iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. You can also find it every uh, post-game day after the game on the Buccaneers mobile app and Buccaneers.com. But again, if you are a subscriber to the podcast, it will come automatically to your device, to your phone, to your iPad. Uh, as soon as the new episode is ready, you don't even have to look for it. So subscribe away. And we thank you for being with us. Hang in there, Buccaneer fans. Long season still to go. A lot of road games and games away from Raymond James Stadium, but a chance to get back to 500 uh, coming this Sunday against the L.A. Rams, the defending NFC champs who are 3-0. Let's see what the Bucks have for them at the Coliseum in L.A. For now, that'll do it. I'm T.J. Reeves. Thank you for being with me on Nothing But Bucks. <laughs>